Psych Haven is your haven 24-7. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 2 of Psych Haven with Katie and Ashley. Hey Psych Havies. In today's podcast, we're going to be shifting our focus onto wet markets, which has gained more controversy due to COVID-19 and past diseases such as SARS. Before we go into depth on wet markets, I advise anyone who is sensitive to descriptions of violence and gore to stop listening to this podcast. Now, what exactly are wet markets? In a simple definition, wet markets are marketplaces filled with fresh live meat, fish, produce, and other goods. It may be kind of hard to imagine this place from this definition, so let's try to envision it. Imagine yourself in a bustling market filled with crowds of people and splatters of blood on the ground. You see many types of exotic animals that you may have never seen or heard before, like the pangolin, civet, and bamboo rat. The animals are crammed in cages, stacked on top of one another, with feces on the ground. To your right, a man is chopping off a dog's head to sell to a customer. Doesn't sound like a very pleasant place, right? Well, these are the conditions both animals and humans must endure in order to make a living. I would like to add a not-so-fun fact. So many animals are slaughtered each day that the reason why wet markets are called wet markets is because the ground is always soaked in blood. The conditions that Ashley described are reasons why most, if not all, of these entrapped animals carry zoonotic diseases, diseases contracted from animals. The density, close proximity, unsanitary environment, feces, and other factors create a perfect breeding ground for these diseases. One can most commonly find these markets in undeveloped rural areas in Asian countries such as China, India, and Thailand. However, as Asian countries are developing and advancing, they are beginning to stray away from these practices. So, as I mentioned before, these wet markets carry exotic and endangered animals that are considered a delicacy, mainly in East, Southeast, and South Asian countries. Let's first dive deep into the terrible conditions these animals must endure. In these markets, every turn will lead you to a view of old, rusty small cages filled with animals crammed up against the cage's walls. Since these tightly packed cages are stacked in cramped spaces, feces and other unsanitary liquids and solids drop down to the lowest cage, where the most animals get infected and sick. Blood, feces, and water from fish tanks cover the ground, creating very unhygienic conditions. In the worst conditions, dead and cut up animals are put into cages with living animals, which creates horribly unsanitary spaces for the living party. If that's not enough, the overfilled cages and poor conditions create extreme pressure and stress for the animals, making them even more vulnerable and prone to contracting diseases, which in turn can be transferred to humans. This mistreatment and unnecessary conditions these animals have to go through is personally what I see most horrific and problematic with wet markets. It's more than just a breeding ground for diseases. It is a place of severe animal mistreatment and abuse. There is a large variety of animals that can be found in the wet market, but species such as the pangolin and civet are some of the most endangered exotic animals that carry some of the deadliest human diseases. Pangolins are small creatures covered in tough and sharp scales, somewhat resembling an armadillo. In China, these creatures are considered as an important aspect to their culture. They believe the scales of these animals can cure different conditions such as skin conditions, arthritis, and menstrual pain. Penguins are also considered as a delicacy. These cultural beliefs are reasons why they are still practiced in wet markets. 
Although bats are a leading cause of COVID-19, it is believed that pangolins are another possible lead to the emergence of this virus. They are natural hosts of beta coronaviruses and can help improve the understanding of this virus. Pangolins carry coronaviruses very similar to COVID-19, making them possible candidates of transmitting diseases. I would also like to add in the important role penguins play in the ecosystem. These creatures provide pest controls to their insectivores. They also tend and improve the soils. Without pangolins, there will be a cascading impact on the environment, especially since they are the natural controller of insects. There is another animal mentioned earlier called the civets. Civets are small, lean animals and are closely related to mongooses. Just like the pangolins, civets are considered an important delicacy to the Chinese culture. In the ecosystem, civets are important dispersers for seeds and keep prey populations in check. These creatures were and are known for transmitting SARS in the wet market. It is very unfortunate that these exotic and endangered animals that play such important roles in the ecosystem must experience the harsh and terrible conditions of the wet markets. If you want to know what is being done and the ways you can help these animals, we'll be discussing it later on in the podcast. So how do these animals actually transmit diseases to humans? There are many different ways of how zoonotic diseases can spread, including direct contact, indirect contact, vector-borne, foodborne, and waterborne. When relating specifically to wet markets, I believe foodborne and direct contact creates the most risk for the spread of zoonotic diseases. Contracting a disease or virus from contaminated or undercooked foods is known as foodborne. In the wet markets, the grounds are covered in feces, increasing the chances of contaminating the fresh meat. Not only that, there are animals that naturally carry foodborne illnesses that can be dangerous for humans. For example, the avian influenza, which is also known as the bird flu. This can be contracted by consuming uncooked or contaminated poultry, such as geese, quail, and exotic fowl. An avian influenza outbreak hit Hong Kong back in 1997, which is a good example of foodborne disease outbreaks from wet markets caused by ducks and geese. Direct contact is another method of spreading diseases. Humans are able to contract diseases and germs from animals through direct touch, then touching their face, or by breathing in respiratory droplets. In such crowded and unsanitary places such as a wet market, many animals themselves are infected and sick which means any respiratory droplets from them would easily transfer over diseases to people working and visiting at the markets. Those who spend most of their time working and directly contacting the animals, either to butcher or entrap them, are at the most risk to contract any possible zoonotic diseases these animals may hold. The fact that their conditions and environment are breeding grounds for bacteria and viruses strongly contribute to what, to what zoonotic diseases these animals hold in wet markets and what they can transfer. SARS is a very good example of direct contact. As mentioned before, civets are the primary belief of transmitting SARS to humans. Samples of SARS were discovered in the cages of civets, and individuals who handled civets were discovered with SARS or a virus very similar, which demonstrates the transmission of diseases through direct contact. Although humans contract diseases mainly through foodborne and direct contact, Indirect contact, vector-borne, and waterborne are still factors that greatly contribute to the transmission of diseases. Indirect contact includes touching an animal's cage or contaminated surfaces or objects. Stuck in a small cage with many other animals, these exotic and endangered excrete and endangered species excrete feces and other liquids 
that may contain viruses and bacteria, which can then be transmitted to humans when they touch the cage or the surrounding objects that came into contact with the animal excretions. In addition, vector-borne diseases are transmitted through anthropods to humans. Arthropods, such as mosquitoes, excuse me, carry diseases such as the virus to humans. These mosquitoes that carry this disease are often found in Asia and are most common in rural agricultural areas such as these wet markets and swarm in these areas because of the high concentration of humidity, density, blood, and other bodily fluids. Finally, we have waterborne diseases, which is through the consumption of contaminated or untreated water. In these wet markets, potentially untreated water can contaminate the meats, especially the fish in the dirty fish tanks that are hardly cleaned or filtered. There are so many different possibilities to transfer diseases from animals to humans, and we should understand the risk being taken while practicing wet markets. So if these markets and practices are breeding grounds for diseases, endangering exotic species filled with animal mistreatment and abuse, why do people still run wet markets and why are they still allowed to function? Cultural views are an important aspect in why wet markets are still continuing today. Many of the exotic animals in these markets are below delicacy and are believed to have the most taste and nutrition. Additionally, these animals are believed to relieve or cure different conditions. An example is the pangolin, which was mentioned before. Before the cultural practice of eating or using live animals has begun to decrease due to education, if it has been discovered that older people participate in wet markets more than younger people. Also, more supermarkets are being implemented in China, which attracts more people and leading them away from wet markets. Also, a large part in continuing this practice is that it provides as an economic hub. This place is especially important for those in financial situations, as it provides reasonable, low prices for food, and one can earn money by participating in the business. From multiple interviews from Box, people who go to wet markets describe these places as relaxing, having a sense of being alive, vibrant foods, trustworthy, and a sense of belonging in those community. Wet markets provide an important sense of unity, freshness, and belonging for the people where they might not be able to feel anywhere else. These markets also provide a large outlet in exotic wildlife trade worth more than about $72 billion. Without wet markets, it can place low-income families in deep financial situations. Families won't have access to adequately priced food. If we decide to ban all wet markets, about 30 to 60% of food supplies will be taken away from Chinese consumers who depend on these markets. Furthermore, the permanent ban of wet markets can lead to an uncontrollable growth of black markets. This has actually happened before back in 2003 due to the SARS outbreak. It's very important to understand why people depend and practice wet markets before thinking about how wet markets only have a bad side to them. By promoting and implementing stronger protocols to prevent illegal animal trades and encouraging sanitary conditions, it can help reduce the risk of disease transmission without taking the important economic source of rural families. So the real question now is, how can we reduce or prevent the practice of using exotic and endangered animals? Multiple efforts have been made to, pre to prevent the legal trades of exotic and endangered animals. The World Health Organization has been taking action to educate countries about the risk of wildlife trade in the economy and health. Also, the Global Wildlife Health and Pandemic Prevention Act in the U.S. Senate was established back in May to identify the species that carry diseases that can be transferred to humans. 
China has also temporarily banned wet markets back in February. However, many speculate that it is not going to last long. There are many people in Hong Kong that do support the elimination of wet markets, though. The Global Scan led a survey asking about 5,000 people from Hong Kong, Japan, Myanmar, Thailand, and Vietnam about their view on wet markets. About 93% of people advocated the banning of illegal wet markets, and even 84% of them uh, will not purchase or reduce their purchases of wildlife product products in the future. Yes, and you can also make an effort into the banning of wet markets and creating a change by signing petitions. So by signing petitions, you're able to help ban illegal and unregulated wet markets, prevent the training of exotic animals, help these endangered species reduce the risk of disease transmission, and end the mistreatment and abuse of these endangered and exotic species. Here's one way you guys can go. Check it out, bit.ly slash wet market petition, and join the fight against wet markets and to possibly donate as well. I think that brings a wrap to the second episode of our podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast about wet markets, how diseases are transmitted, the endangerment of animals, why people still practice them, and what can be done to prevent them. Please look forward to our third episode next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining in on this episode. Remember, Psych Haven is your haven 24-7.